0: Let us pray, my Father and my God, as we all wait in thy presence this morning, we wait in the name of Christ, that thou will look upon us as you look upon Christ, the mercy seat, but we do not want you to look upon us in any other way, for it's only in Christ that we are accepted before thee. Only by his blood we are washed and only by his righteousness are we clothed. And only by his righteousness are we justified before thee. Only by the cleansing of the blood have you made us thy very own by the operation of the Holy Spirit in regeneration and adopted us into thy family. We want to praise you this morning for all that you've, you've worked, all you've done, the hearts that you've opened, the word that's gone forth, for all that you did yesterday, and all the ones that you sent here, and we do pray for Randy and Laura this morning that thou lead them and guide them by thy spirit as they go on their way for a week, honeymoon, we trust them in your hands. Now, my Father, we are to stand this morning between
1: the living and the dead again.
0: And who is sufficient for these things, I'm
1: not. For thou knowest how prone I am to faint. But praise
0: thy holy name, thou hast kept us in every fainting fit. For we have found thy grace to be sufficient for every need. We plead thy precious blood for cleansing this morning. Draw our hearts in from the world. May they be stayed upon thee. And our one desire, Father, coming into this holy place this morning, is to lift up Christ. And faith will be glad to each and every one of us to see him. We will behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Our Father, give us eyes to see with, ears to hear with, the eyes and ears of our soul. We may know thee in that living, loving, and lasting union of love. My Father, we want to bring to you Mildred again this morning. Down knowest all that she's gone through, and where she's at this morning, she needs you. May thy healing hand rest upon her, comfort her, Father, is our prayer. Our one desire, Father, is that you would just love her, if you're just sure thy love this morning, if you would just shed abroad thy love in her heart, all will be well, she may just rest in thee, and you'll give her quietness from pain and anxiety and everything that would come upon her. We pray for Brother Rob, that you'll hold him up. He needs you, Father. We trust him in your hands. He has a big and a great burden
1: upon his shoulders. He knows it, and we trust him in your hands.
0: Have mercy upon each and
1: every family
0: in this assembly. We pray for those who are not here this morning. We ask thy mercies upon them. We praise thy name for each one whom you've sent. And our Father, we look to Thee to lead us and guide us these next weeks that all will be well, hearts will be turned unto Thee, and You will continue to bless and have mercy
1: upon poor sinners. For in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: Last Sunday morning, we finished our messages, there were 15 of them, on the Lord's Prayer. Closing with that doxology, Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. He's laid a series of messages on my heart for when I come back, and I didn't feel led to start them today. But he did lay upon my heart a text that I love and a text that I believe is needed. Within the last week I've had three telephone calls from three different men who were battling with sin battling with the manner of salvation of their souls, wanting to know, wanting to have that assurance they were in Christ, one believing that God had really gone off and left him and that there was no hope for him, that he had sent away his day of grace. But as I dealt with all three of them on the phone and prayed for them, and God laid this text on my heart tonight, and I... For this morning, I trust that He will use it here, and it is possible to get them this tape. I will do it, and pray that God will use it for His glory. I want you to pray for us, and God will
1: lead us and guide us.
0: In Revelation chapter 3, we have the end of the seven letters that the Lord Jesus Christ dictated to the Apostle John. First of all, to the church at Ephesus. Then to the church at Smyrna, the church at Pergamos, the church at Thyatira, the church at Sardis, the church at Philadelphia. And then the last one was the, the letter to the church at Laodicea. And he called upon each one of these to repent. So he did the same thing. And this is what he said. Verse 15 of Revelation 3. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because I sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. That 20th verse has been on my heart. And what I would like to do with the work of the Holy Spirit in us this morning is to show you the willingness of Christ to save sinners. That's our title, the willingness of Christ to save sinners. Or you could put it like this, Christ's desire to be in union with such men who are sinners. He might save them by his grace and bring them into that loving union we were talking about yesterday afternoon, that living loving, lasting union of love, Christ's desire, Christ's willingness to save sinners and draw him unto themselves and deliver them from going down to the pit. I trust that you'll pray as we go into this text this morning and God will, he's in our midst, he will take the word home to our hearts, and it will go past the visible ear and the visible eye, and it will op- uh, the eyes of our understanding will be opened, and the ears of our affections and soul will be opened, that so we might know the things that are made for our peace, and that God will be glorified in Christ, and our hearts will be broken and melted at His feet when we see Christ's desire to be in union and communion with sinners saved by His grace. His willingness, Christ's willingness to save sinners. Paul said in First Timothy one fifteen, "This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation." That Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief, we have our Lord's own words for it, in answer to the cry of the leper. The leper cried, "Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean, and Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, "I will be." Thou clean. And setting before you this morning Christ's willingness to save sinners, to have communion with them, and be united to them in that living, loving, and lasting union, I want us to look at four things. I want us to look at Christ's concern for sinners even before his incarnation, back in eternity. I want us to look at Christ's concern and willingness to save sinners in the days of his flesh. I want us to conceive Christ's willingness in his death in our behalf upon the cross. And then last but not least, his concern for the souls of men even after he has ascended into heaven. Follow us, will you? And let us look at him, first of all, before his incarnation. We see in the covenant of redemption, in the covenant of grace, that God the Father and God the Son made with each other before the foundation of the world. We see God's willingness to send his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. We see in the eternal covenant of grace Christ's willingness to be a partaker in that covenant that was made with the Father for his people. We are told in Hebrews 13:20, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So we see in Hebrews 13:20 that the God of peace, the one who brought the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, he brought him forth through the blood of the everlasting covenant. And so for God the Father and God the Son to make an everlasting covenant for the salvation of sinners to me shows Christ's willingness to save sinners and Christ's desire to have sinners as his bride and for the Father to have sinners adopted into his family as his children. Undeserving, ill-deserving hell-deserving sinners, that he might have communion and union with them from eternity. And the terms of the covenant were that the Lord Jesus would come in the fullness of time, Galatians 4, born of a woman, made under the law, that he might redeem those who were under the law and cursed by... God's great law. He might redeem them from going down to the pit. He might bring many sons into glory. Or, if you want to put it another way, that eternal covenant that the Lord Jesus Christ signed with his precious blood on the Father's part. In Isaiah 53:10, we read these words, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see a seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. And then in verse 11 we see the Son's desire he talking about Christ, shall see of the travail of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge shall many righteous servants just my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. The Father, in his part of the covenant was desirous to send him that his blood might be shed for the remission of our sins. The Son was desirous of coming that he might see of the travail of his soul and be satisfied. Or, as Hebrews 2 puts it, verse 9, we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man, for it became Christ For whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. In other words, he was desirous to bring many sons into glory. And therefore, this to me is that great desire of the Lord Jesus Christ To be the captain of the host of God, to be the captain of our salvation, to be the one who would bring many sons into glory. Or he says in verse eleven, For he that sanctifieth, that's Christ, the one who died for us, and they that are sanctified, that those are the ones he's bought with the price of his precious blood and brought into a saving knowledge of him by the regenerating power of God's Holy Spirit, he that sanctifieth, and they that are sanctified, watch it, or all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed, to call them brothering. In other words, his desire to bring many sons into glory, his desire To have men in a living union with him, his desire to bring ill-deserving, undeserving, hell-deserving sinners into union with himself, he signed the eternal and everlasting covenant with the price of his own precious blood. How do we know that? Well, Peter tells us that in the first chapter of First Peter, he says, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, watch it, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who, was, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last days for you. His blood in the mind of the Father and the Son was shed from eternity. And that precious blood as of, of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, He came that He might deliver us from going down to the pit. And to show you that both the Father and the Son delighted in doing this for poor sinners, Do we have any sinners in the house this morning? Number one. Do we have any sinners that need the blood of Christ? I do. We have, we need, we have, we, do we have any sinners here this morning in the desire to be in the family of God? I do. By the grace of God. And so he tells us in Romans eight thirty two, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? And because the Lord Jesus Christ was willing to lay down his life for the sheep, then he, <clears throat> he gave himself without spot to God that he might purge us from our dead works we might serve the true and the living God. In our high priestly prayer in John 17 he says in verse 6 I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world thine they were and thou gavest them me and they have kept my word. So he was willing to come. And did he not say in Psalm 40, For lo, in the volume of the book it is written of me, I delight to do thy will, O oh God. And what will was that? To come to die in the place of sinners. So this covenant that was made with the Father and with the Son in eternity, is the, co- the blood of that covenant is where we, whereby we are sealed by the Holy Spirit of the day of redemption, and so the Lord Jesus could say in John 10, "Therefore doth my Father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father." The Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be a partner with the Father. In the eternal covenant of grace. And he would be the one who would come. And be made. Like sinful men. But without sin. That he would keep the law for us. And bear its penalty on the cross. And save us by his marvelous grace.
1: Does
0: that mean anything to you this morning? That's my life. That's my hope. That's all I have is Him. When our Lord Jesus Christ, then in the days of His flesh, came, Christ's assumption of our nature manifested His desire to have union with sinners. It manifested His desire and His willingness to save sinners. Hebrews 2 tells us that He passed by the angel. And took upon him the seed of the nature of Abraham, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in all things pertaining unto us, that he might make reconciliation for the sins of the people. So he took upon himself our nature. And let me read you some more scripture. All this is precious to me, even in studying it and looking up all these scriptures that God gave us. He tells us in, in in Philippians chapter 2, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. For what reason? That he might bring many sons into glory. I love to read of that account in Luke 1. When the angel Gabriel came to the virgin Mary and said unto her, Hail! Thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled in his say, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said, her, no, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? See, and I know not a man. Verse 35 of Luke 1 has got to be one of the most blessed scriptures in the Word of God. Listen to it. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee, therefore also that holy thing. What she was doing was bringing forth by the grace and power of God the body, the human nature of our Lord, which God the Son came and took up his abode that day in that fetus in the womb. Therefore also the holy, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. How could this happen and she have not, and he have not sinned? Well, what God the Holy Spirit did, as that he took a portion of Mary's womb and sanctified it. And the word sanctified in one <clears throat> definition means to set apart. So a portion of Mary's womb was set apart, or the whole thing was set apart for this birth. And the thing that I marvel at, and I've checked this with, with, with doctors, and it tallies with the scripture. The Scripture says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. The Scripture also says in Acts 20, 28 that to watch over the church which God has purchased with his own blood. In that moment of conception Go back. Medical science tells us that not a drop of the mother's blood enters into the fetus. It's the father's blood. That tallies with the scripture that the life of the flesh is in the blood. That lets me know how we get how sin is passed from generation to generation. It's passed in the blood. And since man's sin, it's man that <clears throat> brings forth sin. And we become, we're sinners from our mother's womb according to Isaiah 51. Check me on that. I don't care. I've checked it too many times. But I pass it on to you this morning. He went through all of this. Now I want you to see something. He came. The eternal Son of God came and indwelt that human fetus that the Holy Spirit had planted in that sanctified womb of Mary that no sin would touch him. The blood was the blood of God, the Father, and watched over. And our living God This breaks my heart for joy every time I think about it, that the Lord God of heaven, in the person of his son, loved me so much that he desired to be cooped up in the darkness of a virgin's womb for nine months, that he might come forth as the God man, and that he might take that body which God had prepared for him and take it to the cross after 33 and a half years and offer it upon that altar as a sacrifice for my sins. All that my blessed Lord went through for me shows me that he's willing to save sinners, that he desires to save sinners. He desires to bring them into that covenant of grace and to make us children of the living God. He married himself to our flesh, to our nature, for we are told in Romans 8, 3, these words, what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God in his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin Condemn sin in the flesh. And Christ was raised up from the dead. By the glory of the Father. Even so we should also. Be raised up. In the resurrection power of salvation. And walk
1: in newness. Of life. Y'all were not there. But I was. when that day that God in His infinite grace and wisdom brought me
0: into the fold. I don't know of a man living that tried to work his way into into heaven as I did trying to keep the law. It was utterly
1: impossible. I just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Until the day came that God came to me by His Spirit
0: in Isaiah 44:22
1: came to my mind. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions and as a cloud thy sins return unto me for I have redeemed thee. Past tense. I
0: saw there was something that had been accomplished 2,000 years before. And the first the place I headed for was Romans chapter 8. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, the God sent His Son, His own Son, in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in me. Walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. That which I, I tried to do, I could never do, Christ did for me. Beloved, This shows me the willingness that Christ has to save sinners, and he desires to be with him. The whole life of Christ upon the earth was an evident proof and demonstration of the desire of his heart to be in communion and union with us and to save us from the pit. How precious is Isaiah thirty-eight seventeen! For peace I had great bitterness under Holy Spirit conviction, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption and cast all my sins behind your back. He came to save me from that pit. He loved me that's proof. He demonstrated it. He even set himself apart. For this sake, I sanctify myself. Why did he set himself apart? As a Savior, and a deliverer, that he might bring many sons into glory. His miracles that he did, his works of mercy, his power in healing the sick, and to deliver the, the... to deliver... those who were caught in the mesh of sin and the power of Satan as he cast demons out, as he healed the blind and healed the sick and brought to life the dead. All of this was him showing that he was willing and desirous of saving sinners and bringing them into union with himself. He said in John 3, 317, I come not to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. When his two of his disciples, James and John, came to him and said, Lord, these over here are your enemies. Shall we call down fire from heaven like Elijah and, and, and just wipe them off the face of the earth? He said, you, you know not what kind of manner you are. He said, I did not come
1: to destroy. I came to say his whole life here upon earth was nothing but a wooing a drawing of the hearts
0: of sinners he rejected not the violent the violent now I want you to do me a favor I want you to go <clears throat> to Matthew chapter 11 and I want you to put a finger, hold it there, in Matthew chapter 11, at verse 28. And then I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 7, and hold a finger there on verse 37. And I want you to, I want to show you the willingness of Christ to save sinners. Luke 7 In Matthew 11, verse 28, we read the invitation, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Matthew the record, if Matthew is, is just quits right there, he goes into something else. But in chronological order of the New Testament, the next thing that happened after that invitation was verse 36 of chapter 7 of Luke. And one of the Pharisees desired that he would eat with him and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. Watch verse 37. And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought in an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. She heard the invitation. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Did she find it? She followed, it, she followed him to, to the Pharisee's house. And you know in those days they ate in a city, a laying posture. The table was set before them on the floor and they laid on this arm or whatever the arm, the other arm they were going to eat with. They would lay there and they would eat and their feet, the body was taken back this way. So there he was with the rest of them and she came in and she began to weep and cry and washed his feet with the tears of her eyes and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and she kissed his feet and anointed anointed him with that ointment that she brought in an alabaster box. And what was his attitude? Well, first of all, the Pharisee popped up in his mind and said, Boy, if he only knew what this woman was, he would not let her touch him. And Christ knew his thoughts and said, Simon, i got something to tell you. He said, what is it? He said, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one had 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of these will love him most? And Simon said unto him, I suppose he that f- whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered thine house. Thou gavest me no water from my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. Was he willing to save sinners? And you know who that woman was, don't you? Mary Magdalene. And she followed him, you remember, to the garden that day. He, he, he revealed himself unto Mary Magdalene in that garden that day. For he revealed himself unto her first before anybody else. She heard the cry. He was willing for sinners to come unto him. He didn't mind them coming. He wanted them. He drew them. In fact, he was the one that told her to come. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He knew she was coming. He waited for her coming. And he waits this morning. I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open up, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Well, you might be like the man who called me, one of the men who
1: called me this past week. He said, you say, come to Christ. I can't turn myself. I can't come. Oh, I said, what a blessed
0: position that is. You're like the man at the pool of Bethesda who laid there for 38 years. And when the Lord Jesus asked him, would thou be healed? He says, I have no man. You actually cried, a belly cry. It just came from way down here. I never will forget in March '89. My wife come down with pancreatitis on a sandy morning. She went into a coma, and by the next Friday, they had exhausted all means
1: of helping her
0: without an, op- without an operation that they knew, they said themselves,
1: that it wouldn't work. Friday afternoon, I was sitting in the front room over there in my house, and the phone rang, and the doctor came on the phone. He said, Mr. Shelton, he says, it's bad news for you. But I've got to tell you, he says, there seems to be no hope for you, wife. She was still in the case, not in a state of coma. I'm telling you, when I hung up, it dawned on me for the first time in my life I was going to lose her. And for two hours, I belly cried. I cried and cried and cried. Then I called my oldest son, told him. And I said, son, please call your sister, because I know if I call, we're not going to be able to talk. Usually my daughter's are the one who I call first on anything. Then I called my youngest son out in Beaumont, Texas, and he was in New Orleans by 12 o'clock that night and stayed with his mom two days and two nights, still on the coma. She never even knew he came. But I Billy cried. And when I was meditating upon this verse of Scripture, Christ so oh loved sinners. Can
0: you imagine that? He just cried from the depths of his whole being, if thou hadst known, even thou at least in this thy day, the things which belong to thy peace, but now they are hid from thee. Another place in John 5.40, he said, you, you will not come to me that you had you might have life.
1: It would not come. I can just see him this morning weeping crying over sinners. And you know he's here this morning. I don't know if he's weeping in heaven. I'm sure he must have wept all he was going to weep down here. But he's concerned. He wants to, such a desire for them to be with him where he is forever and forever. And then I go from that scene
0: and I go to Luke 10 and I look at verse 21 and these are the words I find. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes
1: even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight.
0: The babes came to him. The little children, those who in their own minds and eyes were little children. They came to him. And I love left, I left to think of Zacharias, or Zacchaeus, in in Luke chapter uh, 19. I love to think of him being as a little child. Well, did he, not, did, did he not run up and get up? He was short of stature, and he ran ahead of him and got in a sycamore tree that he could see him as he went by. And when he went by, Jesus came to the place and looked up and saw him and sat under his... Him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide in thy house. This man was a publican. He was a tax collector. He was the worst of all kind of sinners. He said, come down, today I must abide in your house. And he made haste and he came down. And he received him joyfully. These are the words I love to read. And when they got in the house, verse 9, Jesus said unto Zacchaeus, This day is salvation come to this house for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. In other words, who is salvation? Christ. Salvation has come to this house in the person of Christ. Then the next verse I love, Luke nineteen ten For the Son of Man has come to do what? To seek and to save that which was lost. He's desirous of knowing of bringing in sinners into the kingdom. What was our Lord's first, first sermon? It's recorded in, in Luke 4, verse 16. And he came to, to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. You talk about the providence of God. This was the providence of God. They were reading through the Old Testament scriptures. And they had come that day, that day, that morning, the 61st chapter of Isaiah was to be read. And as the scroll was unfolded and handed to him, guess what he read? This is what he read. It's recorded in Isaiah 61. This is what it read. This is what he said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Was he willing to save sinners? That's the reason
1: that he came. Then again, he was
0: never too weary to talk with a sinner. He set out on Jacob's well in John 4, because he was weary. But when the woman of Samaria came, who had five husbands, and the one she was living with was not her husband, this adulterous woman came. He said, Woman, will you give me the drink? She looked at him in surprise and said, You, a Jew and a man, is going to talk to a Samaritan woman while you look upon us as dogs.
1: And you ask me to drink? He said, woman, if you only knew it, who it was that was talking unto you, you would ask of him drink, and I would give you water, everlasting water, that shall continue to flow.
0: Was he desirous of saving sinners? And desirous for sinners to come unto him? Yes, he was. Was he weary? His disciples were weary. For we find in... <clears throat> Matthew's Gospel, chapter fifteen, that the Syrophoenician woman came and fell down at his feet and began to cry unto him that she might he might deliver her demoniac daughter. And the disciples said, Send her away; she wearies us. But he was not too busy. He was not too weary. And then he said, it seemed like he was putting her off. First of
1: all, he said he brought in the doctrine of election, and he said, "But I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel," and she was a Gentile. But this didn't faze her. She came and worshipped him, saying, "Lord, help me.
0: One of the elect or not, I'm coming to you. You're know, my only home. And then he said to her, But it's not right for me to take the children's blood and cast it
1: to little dogs. That didn't discourage her either. She said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall
0: from their master's table. And when he called her a dog, the Greek word was a dog about this high.
1: well give it take two or three inches but
0: well, when she called herself a dog one
1: of those little bitty old fit dogs you ever seen them I've seen them. how they even lived
0: she said you call me this dog you
1: really don't know my heart this is the dog I am he looked at her and he said oh woman
0: Great is thy faith. Be unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from
1: that very hour. Was he
0: desirous of bringing many sons into glory? Yes. Have I proved my point yet? Do I have to say any more? The whole scripture is filled. I could go on and on showing you that in every way possible the Lord God of glory showed his willingness to have mercy upon sinners. And then you go to his death. Beloved, is there anything greater in the Word of God that he would He would save sinners? And willing to save sinners? But when you go to Gethsemane and you find him there, when our sins were laid upon him, and he was ready to die, he knew that Gethsemane was not the altar he was to die on. It had to be the cross. So he cried for help. God sent it. That the angel,
1: our sins was upon him. And from then he opened not his mouth. And he went to the cross.
0: Was he willing to save sinners? Amen. What was the second cry from the cross?
1: Do you remember? Today, thou shalt be with me in paradise.
0: Who is he speaking to?
1: He was speaking to that thief on his right hand.
0: He was willing to save sinners under every condition. He took time out from dying for your sins and for mine. And he was willing to save this poor old soul in the providence of God that was put there on his right hand. His right hand of mercy. And he said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise doesn't he speak the same words to you this morning? Is not the same invitation that he made to Mary Magdalene the same today? Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Is not the same promise that he gave in Isaiah 118 still in effect today? Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Is not the same word in our Bibles today in Isaiah 55, ho! Oh, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the water, and buy without money or without price. And brother, I had nothing to bring to him. And he goes on down there in the sixth verse and he says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. And the seventh verse is the one I love. Let the, let the Let the wicked forsake his way. In the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto his God. For he he will abundantly pardon. Are not those verses of Scripture still there? That God invites us. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. And he's near this morning. He's here to save sinners. He sent us here to tell you of the joy that he received. For the Scripture says that there is more joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth than over ninety-nine just people that need no repentance. And he rejoices. I wonder how many times a day he must rejoice as sinners all over the world are coming to him. Beloved, will you listen to me? We're not the only ones who have the truth. There are others. We're not the only church, the only ministry. We're not the only ones that have been taught of God. I would that y'all had... Maybe I'll put all your names on that mailing list. I would y'all had the pleasure I have every week of reading John Piper's (coughs) letter he sends out every week and shows what's going on in Bethlehem and on the back...
1: He said, he, is a letter that he writes to his people. And last week, he was telling of what God had done through the missionaries that they had sent out to Kazakhstan. Muslims,
0: that church is doing with people what we're doing with this.
1: You know what their budget is every week? $45,000. And over a third of it goes to supporting
0: missionaries that have come up in their church, taught in their school, and sent out by them after they've proven themselves
1: as home missionaries, and sending them all Beloved, the truth going forth. And there are those who are crying
0: to the Lord. And there are those that Christ is saving. And you see this morning, to save by His marvelous grace. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you, I'll
1: give you rest. And beloved, as you look at Him this morning, there on the cross, dying in your place. Will you turn your eyes away from yourself?
0: That's why I sang that song. We sang that song this morning. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full at His wonderful face. And the things of earth will go strangely dim
1: in the light of His glory and grace.
0: Brethren, I tried to expect it yesterday, but I Somebody wondered how I could only preach 25 minutes like I did yesterday, because I usually an hour. I said I was kind of cramped, but by the grace of God, He was with us and God dealt with our hearts. And I praise God for the, the, the text He gave us and the, 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 the words He gave us. But I come this morning filled with the fullness of God by His grace to cry unto you to be reconciled unto God sitting here this morning, by the grace of God, how many of, your, how many of you are in Christ? How many of you are rejoicing
1: in the Lord Jesus? And that you can
0: say that the invitation came to my heart He brought me by His power and made me willing in the day of His power to come to Him. He granted me repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. He granted me faith to lay hold of Christ and to look away from self. I tried to tell you a thousand one times what the word faith means. Saving faith, first of all, goes outside of self. Look, saving faith has to have a felt need. We have a need of Christ. So saving faith, is a felt need. I need Him. I can't live without Him. My sin has carried me to hell. I want to be delivered by His grace. I've heard that He can save sinners like you're hearing this morning. So faith, the second thing, it goes outside of self because it's going to find nothing here that can save it. Tries it will, it will not. So it goes outside of self, and saving faith in the third place goes to Christ. And beholds Him as a felt need, there's a going outside of self, and there's a going to Christ by faith. A looking away unto Him, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. But I want to read. I wanted to read you two more portions before I let you go. I want. I wanted to, God to take this home to our hearts. I want, it, want to read to you the first two verses of Luke 15. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners, for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured and saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And I'll tell you, he he wore that epithet very well. He wore it very well. He was a man that receiveth sinners, and eateth with them. Did you know that the Lord Jesus, according to the flesh that Mary came by, that he was not ashamed of his lineage? Did you know that in the first chapter of Matthew, in the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ, from Abraham to Joseph, the husband-to-be of Mary, and they were engaged. She was espoused to Joseph. Did you know that there are four women in that line that was tainted with sin? The first one is in chapter chapter 1, verse 3. Judah begat Paris and Zerah of Tamar. And who was Tamar? Tamar was the wife
1: of his son. In other words, Tamar played the harlot with her father-in-law, Judah. But Paris got in the line of the Lord
0: you're going down to verse 5 and the line continues to go on and Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab who was Rahab she was the harlot that hid the spies living on top of the wall and yet born of her by one the prince named Salmon and Lord behold that Boaz begat Obed of Ruth who was Ruth and herself very virtuous but she came from the line of Moab and who was Moab Moab was born out of incest <coughs> the daughter with the father Why do I bring all of this up? I want to bring all of this up not to condemn anybody. But I want to bring all this up this morning to show you that my Lord Jesus loves sinners. And then you go on down and Jesse begat David the, the king and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah. And who was the wife of Uriah? Mesheba forever mentioned, all connected with sin. Then you get down to the virtuous Mary, of whom was born the Lord Jesus Christ. Without sin, that was the royal line of Christ. Luke gives us the natural line of Christ through Mary
1: in chapter 3 of Luke. Not as painted as this line but Christ loveth sinners. <laughs> you know, I, see, I feel so helpless
0: right now, I don't know what to do. I, want, I, I just want you to be able, by the grace of God, to have heard what we said this morning. I want you to love my Lord Jesus. I want you to come to my Lord Jesus I want you to see the wilderness of my Lord Jesus to save sinners, even the wretched and the vile and the guilty and the proud and the devils, as it were, because he came to save the devil's castaways. Well, Pastor, if you preach like this and tell us all about those four women, won't that give us a license to sin? Oh, no, my beloved. When God saves, he gives you a new heart. And he puts a new nature within you. And according to Romans 6, he breaks the power of sin. And he puts the love of holiness within you that you desire to walk in his way. Because this friend who died for you, this God who died for you, this blessed Savior and Redeemer who gave his blood for you, you love him. You want to fall at his feet all the time like Mary and bathe them with tears of your repentance. And wipe them with the air of your face and praise Him for all that He's wrought for you. And so I would that every one of you who's heard the message this morning could go away from this place saying, Praise God for Christ and His willingness
1: to save sinners and especially me. I invite you, I will, like I always say with the communion when we come to take the communion, come and welcome to Jesus Christ. And I presented him this morning. And I would let you know, come and welcome to him. This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. He'll make you a new creature. He'll blot out your sins as a thick cloud. He will wash you and cleanse you. I love you, and I tell you, you'll never get over it without eternity.